Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Matt, and this is Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit, your beacon of freedom and the American way of life. Tune in every Friday for a new episode as we dive into the world of liberty and what makes our country great. All right, guys, welcome back. Welcome back to LLP. This is Eric and Matt here, and we've had a great week. I hope everyone's had a wonderful week, and thanks for tuning back in. And we've got a doozy of an episode today. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, we do have a special guest here today, JC from Brass Bandicoot. Make sure you on, go guys? check him out. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Tell them about all your particulars so they can Instagram, find you. Instagram, um, YouTube, um, TikTok, which they hate me, but like you know, we've said before, that's pretty normal. Um, I don't post much on there. YouTube would be a big support. It would help us grow. It would help us be able to push forward and make better content. But as far as being able to see what I'm doing and to be able to see what we're moving forward towards, Instagram would be the easiest place to find us, in which case you can just look up Brass Bandicoot, or if you want to look up on other places, Brass Bandicoot Media you will find me for sure outstanding so we are going to break into this one it's going to be a lot of fun we're going to be discussing everyone's top five gun picks if you could only have five guns now chad and i when it comes to like gun gripes and some of the other episodic uh, episodic i'm sorry content that we've done um you know we've hinted upon the idea of doing this video and we probably will still make a top five guns video uh chad and i will on this very subject but I figure since we had a guest, it would be a lot of fun uh, to get a little bit of a difference of opinion and see if we all kind of line up on what we would choose. Now, of course, just like the rules on the YouTube channel, the top five, the way this kind of works is there's always a wild card. So there's actually going to be six guns. So there's a bonus Ooh, yeah. gun that you can choose for any reason. And then the other thing about five guns is it's meant to be satire. It's meant to be uh, just fun. Uh, obviously, we can have a lot more than five guns. Uh, we're not limited to five guns. Uh, but what if you were? What if you could only have five? Which ones Oof. would you choose and why? And what's your reasoning for it? So I, this would be kind of cool to talk about. Uh, before we get too far in today's podcast, I'd like to thank our friends at RMA Body Armor uh, for supporting our podcast and our YouTube videos. they got some great American-made armor. You can use the code IV8888 and save yourself 10% off, uh, which is always great to get a discount. Right now, there's some shortages going on with Armor. They've actually suspended some of the dealer accounts. So if you go direct to their website and use our code, you can get 10% off and get some very difficult to find Armor. And uh, check them out. Tell them we sent you and use the code IV8888. What was that website again? You had it written down. Uh, RMADefense.com. Defense, right. Defense. Yep. RMADefense.com. So we're going to go down the rabbit hole here. And Matt, why don't you start us off? What what would be... All right, so let's, what would fill the number one slot? And just to reiterate, uh, these are not in any type of particular order, so it doesn't ne mm -hmm. necessarily have to be in order of importance. This is just a, simply a list. So yes. what would number one be? Um, you know, like you said, it's it's meant to be satire. I don't... I wouldn't treat it like... like obviously, you know that we can all have more than five guns. Yeah. I treat it like... The first choice for that particular um, genre of weapon. So if it's like I'm gonna say, oh, if I'm gonna have a rifle, this would be it. I can obviously have more than five rifles, but this would be the very first choice of that particular style of weapon. Um, so before I even go into it, we have to find out which category are we going for. Are we doing top? Like, are we choosing? handguns are we choosing rifles are we choosing because uh, the way i break it down you gotta have like at least one of each right Agreed. so 
I mean, it can be any guns you want for any reason. There literally are no categories. This is strictly whatever the heck you want it to be. It could be five mm-hmm. of the same gun. It could be whatever you want: pistol, rifle, shotgun, machine gun, whatever. You know, anything. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it easy. I'm gonna I'm going to go with a classic Ruger 10.22. And the reason I <laughs> and the reason I chose that is because. You can get it that integrated, supp- integrally suppressed barrel on it, and it is so quiet. And it, oh man, I mean, you you hear the bolt move, and that's it. Even with like, even with supers, like it's not not loud at all. And they're inexpensive. Um, they're reliable. They don't have a ton of different like moving parts on them. They're nothing on it is like super proprietary, like you do, like you see on some of the other rifles. And it's just an all, it's an all around good rifle that ammo is cheap still, even right now in the day and age of, you know, 60 cent per round, you can still buy a ton of ammo, like a brick of ammo for a relatively inexpensive price. Um, so that would be my first choice and just a, a all in one, if you know, gun. Yeah. I mean, that that's a great choice. You cannot go wrong with a rim fire. I mean that that can fill a survival role or a backpack yep. rifle role or a truck gun or something. I mean you're not walking out. Game. Yeah, you're not walking around the the Alaskan you know bush with that thing. But in the I live in you know Atlanta and for what I'm going to encounter here, it's a hundred percent solution. It will solve a hundred percent of my problems if that was the only one that I had. Awesome. All right, so JC, number one, what's your choice? I would say that's a very comfortable choice. Mm. Um, I learned how to shoot on a Ruger 10-22, so that's a very comfortable choice. For me, it kind of goes into the same ballpark. I would personally have to have some type of either a 14.5-inch or a 16-inch AR platform of some some sort, Um, and I would want to have a CMMG 22 conversion bolt with me. It's very apparent and funny that I'm wearing the shirt. Um, not intended, but it's something that same as what, you know, Matt's talking about over here. You want something that is easily able to find. Um, as far as your price goes, you're not going to be too upset about a 22. And if you're running a two, two, three, five, five, six can on an AR 15 setup, you switch over that to that conversion bolt. It's just going to be that much quieter. Mm -hmm. So, so quiet. And that's, that's a package that you can easily carry on yourself or in your pack and it not weigh you down too much. You could still have a couple other things, a couple other weapons on you with you and still run that setup. No, I agree. That's a great choice. Yeah. Well, it seems that since you guys have settled in on this uh, 22 bore thing, I guess I should weigh in in the same way. And I have to say um, a 20 inch uh, AR, like an SPR DMR style, you know, I like the I like the long barrels on ARs, but like a you know five five six A one through a twenty inch barrel. You know, a good quality suppressor, a flow through can like one of the um, OSS suppressors. Ruck, or uh, I can never say that freaking word. Uh, what is the other Huxworks? I'm sorry, Hux I could works. not remember the the name yeah. of that company. So Huxworks and OSS kind of like they, somewhat intertwined in terms of some yeah. of the branding and the, the products and everything. Okay, but the point I was trying I to make, I really like the Huxworks flow through cans and everything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, they're really nice. So that in combination with a 22 uh, conversion kit would be a fantastic type of a setup, and you're getting full velocity out of M855 and M855A1. 
Um, you know, you're getting good accuracy out of a good quality barrel. And then if you do need to shoot 22, it's going to be real quiet because you've got all of that barrel length. But then again, I guess it could make, you know, some of the hotter 22 rounds crack a little bit coming out of the can, but it doesn't mean that you couldn't run. I would imagine even out of a 20 inch barrel, you can probably still get away with subs on that without having an issue. Yep. You could but, always. Uh, I think it's a great choice. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you said A1, were you referring to the AR like? Model A1 or the ammo A1? The ammo. Yeah, okay. The, yeah, the so Alpha 1. That's when, yeah. that's when he's, I was like, is he, I was like, that's an interesting choice for that's a hot <laughs> round. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's, that's a, a hot round. It'll yeah. get through some really nasty armor. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a good round. Oh, yeah. And I really do like the, uh, 62 grain, uh, bonded bear claw, um, FBI load from Federal too, which sadly has been, I believe, out of production for a considerable amount of time. But the FBI specifically requested that 62 grain bullet. Uh, they really liked it because, I mean, against people that aren't wearing body armor, like I yeah. guess they do a lot of drug interdiction or they're going in and out of houses and things, whatever the case may be. Uh, but I guess shooting people that don't have body armor on, it's fantastic for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that was, that was an FBI request for that particular load. Interesting. And uh, I came into a couple of thousand rounds of it a few years ago that it's pretty cool. Very nice. Yeah, Very nice. Ammo. Good find. So All right, we, so number two, Matt. I guess we're going to go right back oh around. Oh, boy. So let's keep the All right, going. so I did the 1022. Like, that's kind of like your your all-in-one gun, where it's like, hey, if I if I needed to kill small game or... I mean, you could take two-legged game as well. I mean, you just have to... Shot placement is key. My second choice would definitely be a handgun. Um, and if we're... I mean, there's the practical side of me that says, yes, I know what I should get. And I know what I should carry, but then there's the, like, the cool factor. So I'm going to go with a Chiapa Rhino. Ooh. With a four and a half inch barrel. And not only that, I'm going to go with, like, the rainbow sparkle scheme where it's like. Wait a minute. Which caliber? I almost bought one of those. You know, probably 357. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna go, let's do a three. Cause I mean, then you get, you get the added modularity of being able to do 357. And well, I don't know. I don't not, I'm not, I'm not, I, I wasn't sure if that, that particular model took both. Cause some of them don't, but you do get the added modularity of doing like the 38, you know, plus P or something like that. But Those it just rhinos has, are cool. Yeah, they are cool. But it, it's pretty just, accurate too. It just they has are. like that. I mean, I hope they don't break on you because like it might be a mouse trap when you open it up with all like the internal parts. Oh That's yeah, a good point. But it is a it is a really cool gun. I mean, the the one thing about a Smith and Wesson revolver is they're super easy to take care of. I mean, mm-hmm. you can disassemble them, you know, all the way down, and they're they're not a problem at all. Mm. I've never really had a major issue, but. I do like the rhinos. It's a great revolver. And they look cool. And especially you have the little rainbow titanium nitride, you know, paint scheme where it's like yeah. chameleon. I love it. It just looks cool, man. I can't, you can't beat it. Imagine getting, you know, capped with a, a Chiapa rhino. I was rhino. about to say, I mean, especially, especially with that paint scheme. It is the you only gotta revolver like, oh. you're going to have, right? So yes. it might as well be a cool one. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here wondering, I can, I'm just picturing in my head a, uh, a Mark Novak special. Of mm. putting a suppressor on a Chiapa, that that would be pretty sick. If anyone can do it, that man can do it. I mean, you—that's a very cool project. Matter <laughs> of fact, we should hit up Mark Novak and do. I mean, like we need we need to make this happen. Well, you know, like that Nagant gas seal revolver, you can mm-hmm. suppress because mm-hmm. you know, especially with the correct ammunition. 
a gas seal ammo, it will it'll suppress no problem. It's real quiet. I like that Matiba too. Yeah. That old school Matiba. The same that kind was, of vibe as that yeah, uh as it, that rhino. It's like it's like the original Chiapa rhino. That's basically what Chiapa modeled it after, except it doesn't have the yeah, a semi-auto revolver. Semi-auto revolver. So it, it that it actually cycled on like a slide. It was a revolver that cycled like with the slide. What in? Yeah, the... it was oh. really cool, man. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm gonna have to look something up after this. Okay, very few of them. They're unobtainium, apparently. So, all right, your number two. My Jason. number two would have to be if if I absolutely had to pick, it would be my Glock, uh, my Glock 17, my Gucci Glock, um, because of the simple fact that I feel very confident with that gun. Um, I haven't shot it in two weeks, and right now I guarantee you, if I went out to my truck and was trying to shoot at, say, a six-inch steel target at 100 yards, I could hit it. Um, so that, and obviously, um, so if it wasn't a Glock 17 platform, I know that I've got a Glock 22 that I'm that you can. I don't know if you can if you can go up from a 17, but I know because a 22 has um, a little bit bigger of a bore on the slide. You can swap out a nine millimeter barrel, so you can go from like forty, forty five down to a nine millimeter. Oh, that's cool! So on the same slide, so if you and you can literally just swap the mag right back out. Everything's interchangeable. So Glock. Well, why wasn't that your two. first choice? I mean, that seems so much more practical. Well, because I think we were kind of lead, choice we're is kind of taking your lead a bit. <laughs> first choice is primary, secondary was, is that was handgun. satire because I chose a, a Chiapa Rhino, and I'm asking him why he didn't go with the more practical one. Okay. That's right. No, That's right. right. So, so yeah, if, if it would be my personal Gucci Glock because I feel very very confident with it, and I know that if something were to go wrong with it, I could very easily easily replace the parts. Even if the red dot were to break on it, I could just pop pop it off. I could go back to my irons. It's, if you like it, you like it. I'd, I mean, and it's hard to kill. It's hard to beat. You know, that's a, that's a, I could, could it's tried just, and true, man. Excellent choice. It's could, proved couldn't itself. Couldn't you just take some nail polish and like put a red dot on the glass so that I way probably it's like could. a, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's like a yeah. always on Yeah, red I could dot. just like, I could, I, mean, I could, you know, it, mind over matter at that point. We're going to have to test that and see if that works. We can. We can get a <laughs> like, shot. Like just like, it, what's the worst that can happen? It couldn't be parallax free. Because then you got to think well, about you go yeah, to move you just, it. You just have it's, to compensate for it. Spot. You just have to compensate for the parallax. That's yeah, you just all. have to be good. All right, so my number two, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Sig M17. I knew okay. you were with with, with a yeah, bonus a choice. A bonus round would be having the, the flux. flux. Ah, All right, it. so that's where I'm going it. on three. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it. that's where I'm going on three. We I know, mean, I, I love you. the M17, and you know, at first it, it took me a little while to kind of take a liking to it, but I I really do like the M17, the M18. I like the P320 series of pistols a lot. And the flux radar definitely changes everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally the name of our bit video that this changes everything. It's true because it does. It's a really cool concept. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of folks in the military that are running Ben's, uh, flux, you know, chassis, which speaks volumes to mm-hmm. the effectiveness of it. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine, Will, uh, who does a lot of marksmanship training for the military. And he was telling me the other day that they were out in the mil- military range. Uh, shooting targets 250 yards away with the flux raider. I believe it. With with a SIG Legion in it instead of the standard M17 Mm -hmm. service pistol, which isn't mine. And even mine with the standard pistol is still like Mm -hmm. really accurate. Yeah, I can see 100. I mean, those legion, those legions are, are really good, man. Yeah, they got great triggers too. All right. So number three. You're going to go ahead and go start us off on number three on the next time around. So we did, I did the 1022. I did the Chiapa Rhino. We're going to head in an opposite direction. 
And I'm going to go with a Fight Light MCR belt fed nutsack full auto and we're just going to be done with it because there is no problem that you're going to run into that a hundred rounds isn't going to solve number five is going to be right there for me wow and i mean yes they are i mean they were expensive before any everything got out of hand but right now i mean good luck i mean i've seen kits ranging anywhere between like Three, five, three to five thousand dollars. The only problem that I foresee with that is that every single part on there is proprietary. And yes, that eventually it's going to break. But man, you are going to have an absolute blast until that point happens. I think the only parts it shares with any other. Uh, so I think it uses M16 extractor and a BCG. Yeah, use the full auto BCG. And I think it uses their bolt yeah. as well out of, oh, out of wow. standard okay. AR. But they're well. I take that back. The mm-hmm. bolt itself is different, but I, I want to say it takes standard M16 extractors. And I know like the buffer and spring is mm-hmm. out of a standard M4 because the mm-hmm. lower is still you know an M4 lower. And of course, all of your trigger components that are in the lower you use on the MCR are still going to be all the normal stuff. Right. So you can still play around with a few Gucci components on the lower if you want. Um, you do have to have their special bolt catch because the receiver is super fat. And a standard bolt catch, you either have to cut the top of a standard one off or install, like, it's like a special extended maritime bolt catch that allows it to clear the receiver. Yeah, but man, that's I about mean, the only thing you got to change. Dude, I fell in love with that thing after you let me shoot it. And yeah. it's a sweet piece of gear. And mine's held up great. I, I can't say I've had any issues. And unlike the saw, right, the fight light will work really, really nice off of mags, mm-hmm. whereby, remember the saws, if you ever tried to shoot those things off of a regular Stanag mag, they just don't run for crap. Nope, they absolutely won't. And, and they're not I mean, easy to load and unload. It's like well, just a pain in the butt. You and me both have experienced the unreliability issues of saws. And, I mean, we've talked about this in depth, and Eric and me and Eric both agree, like, it, we wouldn't carry that thing into battle. Like, we would just... We just won't. We refuse. Like I like I, the 240 Bravo. I dismount the 240. It's a much better yeah. machine gun than the 249 for sure. It's and it's much easier to work on. Quite honestly, like the manual of arms is easier on a There's 240. Build receivers, yeah, you know, much higher quality. Yep. Just the stampings they use on the saw. I mean, and FN still produces a semi a semi auto saw that civilians can buy. It's a closed bolt. And Tim Harmson has one, and and he likes it. He did not know. That. I don't think he's ever had an issue out of it. Which I would imagine for an eight or nine thousand dollar rig, it better work. Right? Yeah, a two four nine S. I don't know how easy they are to convert for like SOTs and stuff mm, like that. I thought about picking up a closed bolt saw mm-hmm. and then converting it and then comparing it to the fight light and making a video about that, but I just wasn't sure don't how available money. the components were to to swap them. It'll or if never it was even you know able to do it. It will never run as good as that fight light. That fight light ran like a freaking sewing machine, man. It was like with a can on it. So even like even with the can, even with the belt, like I've got a twelve inch barrel on it now. Yeah, it Ooh. never stopped. Yeah, never stopped. We, we ran yet. that belt and it just it sung. I loved it. Mm. Love it first shot. <laughs> Number three for you, JC. Well, I was going to go with a um a Glock kit of types, but since you are going, since you went with the Raider, I want to change it up just a little bit here. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna say, um, in the interest of punching a hole in something and still staying quiet. An integrally, in, integrally, that's a word for me. You, you had one earlier. An integrally suppressed, um, 308 bolt action. Um, just keep it real simple. You know, it, it, 
it's going to put down whatever you're pointing it at. Um, and I don't know how many I've shot, especially, let me try to think, um, what was it? Uh, Black Hole Subsonics, I believe, was the name. Um, Bernard's cans, those integrally suppressed barrels that he was doing. That was some of the quietest 308 shooting I've ever done in my life. I mean, you could hear the action of the gun louder than the round, and that's that's a pretty big round to be suppressing so well. <laughs> His loads are, are, you know, loaded just right too. Oh, to I'm, sure they ju- I'm sure they. I'm sure they are. Bern- but Bernard even, makes all his own well, ammo. Even too. regardless, I mean, you're still. It would it would have to be that, or it would have to be um like a you know, um a very good suppressed three hundred black. I mean something something that's going to be able to take down a hog or something pretty big, um, you know, and do it quietly and very effectively. And I would say a bolt action would probably be the best. And I got I got to at least throw one bolt action into the mix. At and least, you know, it'll at least run, one. You know, anything you you can put in it too. So yes. it's not going to be as ammo picky as exactly. Which you know, most modern semi-autos are, are pretty forgiving for the most part. And well, not to mention, <clears> let me just kind of for a real quick second. Those um specifically, I would say like something like one of those newer the the owl. Um, I believe is what it's called. It's a smaller platform 308. It's probably, you know, this big of a rifle with a folding, um, uh, stock chassis. And then you've got your can off the end so that, you know, you could fit that in a backpack type setup pretty easily while still carrying another rifle. Right on. So, all right. So my number three choice is yeah. going to be, I'm going to choose the FN self-loading police shotgun. Oh, that's a good choice. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was really trying to figure out, well, maybe my Benelli M4, but really I feel like I shoot the FN a little better and I can run it fast and it cycles so ridiculously quick. Uh, I've never outran it. In terms of the fastest splits that I've ever shot on a shotgun, uh, I accomplished with that particular shotgun. I, I didn't time the exact splits, but of course we've got the video. So we could time the video and know. I mean, we could, we, we have a time, uh, hack on the video. I can figure out the precise splits just by, you know, doing the math. There's, but both. it's a great shotgun and it cycles a wide variety of different ammunition. It cycles fast and reliably. It works. The choke, I think it's just a cylinder bore on that one. So no chokes to mess with. It's got great ghost ring sights. The only thing, that I complain about just a bit on that particular gun. I'm not a big fan of the pistol grip stock on that particular one. It's got some really gnarly grip texture, but the stock itself has got a nice, uh, you know, like cheek piece on it that's kind of padded, which is cool. And then it's got, um, you know, a, a decent butt pad on it in terms of the recoil pad. Hmm. Um, I'd probably, I think I'm going to try to find just a regular like speed feed stock or something to put on that particular gun. And I think that would bring that right on home where it needs to be. I, you know, I've always been a fan of pistol grips on my shotguns. I Me mean, too. my Benelli M4, my M3, uh, my M2, all of those Benellis that I purchased, I went out of my way to get the pistol grips. And I think on hindsight, looking back, I might have made a slightly different decision because I've realized in a tactical situation that the pistol grip can be a slight bit of a of a, of a liability in terms of trying to quickly manipulate the gun and have the pistol grip in the way. That's one yeah. of the biggest you know downsides to having a pistol grip in the rear on a shotgun. Mm-hmm. So knowing that now, I might have set it up a little bit differently. But I am probably going to just get a regular like classic stock. Or like a three gun type stock for that particular gun, and I That's think that'll I that'll get it right where it needs to be. But if you've never shot one, like the FN SLP is is such a great shotgun, and uh, they run clean, and you can shoot them for a long time without cleaning them. I, I bet mine's probably had at this point maybe eighteen hundred rounds put through it, 
and uh, it took quite a while to start getting skanky, and then you know, <laughs> and it was it, it started running a little sluggish, and I was like, well, I guess it's time to clean it, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm glad you came to that conclusion on the pistol because I was preaching that a long time ago because I I specifically bought my M4 with the field stock because I was like. Yeah. Trying trying to reload like reload with, the, with the pistol grip, it's, it's almost impossible. You're it gonna is. have to take your hand off the the fire controls, anyways. But if Literally you are, yeah, you if you have it. it, just flip it over, and you can. Either if you're proficient at double or quad loading, even if you're not. great, but it just makes it simpler just to. Well, I think the reason I bought my M4 in the configuration I did because it had the collapsible stock yep. and it had the LE eight shot tube on it. So for me, I think I just wanted it for my own, like like just because it's a rare and collectible shotgun, mm-hmm. not as much as it is like. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's an awesome piece of kit. I love my M4; it's a great shotgun. To be fair, but I think I would really prefer the FNSLP over it, yeah, but ter- it was, especially in terms of how fast it cycles. Well, the configuration that I know that you're you're talking about, like the skeleton stock on the on the M4. Those, what a lot of people don't understand is those had a specific purpose and that was to breach. And that was the reason they had the pistol grip on there. So that way you can actually jam that, you can jam the barrel right into the door, like what you're breaching and you're not holding on to a stock. You're like pushing into it with the, with the pistol grip and then boom, you breach, you get out of the way, but it was never intended for you to actually enter the room with it. You're just supposed to sling it and then you actually switch to your M4 and then you're going in. But it looks cool. It looks really cool. <laughs> well, that. and that stock gets nice and short to accommodate body, body armor. armor. Yep. That body armor usually adds a lot of thickness. Yep. So having it nice and tight, when you mm-hmm. go to shoulder it, it feels more normal because it's making up for the difference in the thickness of the body and, armor. And that's what you see when you see a lot of like GWAT guys that are that are shooting they naturally hold the rifle a little bit different because we're used to having to hold it up higher to clear the body armor because those older vests, they didn't have the cutouts. Like that vest went all the way out to the edge of the shoulders. So we naturally had to hold the rifle up a little bit higher to clear that body armor. And that just became like a muscle memory thing. So even when you're not in armor and you're shooting, it's like you're holding the, you're holding that buttstock up a little bit higher to where it's like not really seated in the pocket. And you just can't do that with body armor. And on. that's hard to articulate to uh, a young soldier, that, 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 or especially someone who's never shot their whole life. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to explain that to them and, and understand that you've got to have some contact with the with the rifle to be able to really shoot it accurately yeah. and everything. So, All right. So I guess that, that comes to number four yep. is our next one, right? So yep. we're on number four. <clears throat> yep. What so, you thinking? You know, I, I can't have a, a list of five without having – an AR platform rifle. Now I will say that I would prefer to have a pistol, a pistol AR because with a brace, with a brace. <laughs> yeah. That'd be kind of wonky with just having the tube out there. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. ah. yeah. um, but having a, a pistol AR with a brace because, you know, a lot of people have the misconception that you can't put in, you know, medium distance work with a pistol shot, with a pistol AR. You definitely can. And I mean, unless you're going out past like 200, I would say, yeah, you might run into some issues there without, ha- with velocities, without having that full length, like say 18 inch barrel or anything. But from anywhere between one foot and 200 feet, you're good. And I just don't foresee myself being in a situation. Cause these are, remember, these are the top five for me, not like top five for everybody. I don't see myself putting in work past 200 yards, you know, without being close to some other weapon that can do the job better. 
like a fight light MCR where I'm just going to light you up at 300, 400 yards with that thing. I mean, I think that it's an all encompassing solution for what I need. So one foot to 200 feet pistol AR with, right. a, with a brace. And those two okay. guns are really, you know, meant to fill very different roles, right? Like a, you know, a pistol length AR would be great for entry or for a truck gun or mm-hmm. for maneuvering in tight spaces or something mm-hmm. like that. Whereby, let's say a fight light with even an 18 inch barrel instead, like mine has a 10 and a half inch barrel, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, 12 inch barrel. But instead of that type of configuration, yeah, run it with full velocity, run it with a 20 inch barrel for yeah. that matter and get good velocity, maybe with a suppressor and be able to really get some good work in at long range with a worthy load. For I sure. mean, even at, even at 12, a 12 inch barrel and you see, you see troops in the open at 400, 500 yards. Oh yeah. You know, it's over. <laughs> it's, you can, over. you can shoot that far. Absolutely. A 12 and a half inch barrel can, can do good work out to very good distances. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to lose a bit of steam in the 556 five, because it really does need that barrel length to get good velocities yep. to really have the carrying energy mm-hmm. at longer range. And even at longer ranges, it leaves a bit to be desired by many standards, especially if the, you know, potential foe is wearing body armor, mm-hmm. uh, which of course there's a lot of things like the, like SIG's new, uh, machine gun that they're messing around yeah. with. The 277 Fury, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> things cool, man. Yeah, so, man. There's, so there's a lot of changes in small arms development and things that they've been fixing up. But yeah, I think a solid AR in a pistol form is a very, uh, you know, comfortable to use and easy to transport setup for sure. And before we move on to mine, I want to say that that's why I would. That's why I said something about a fourteen and a half inch. Um, mm-hmm. Because when when I said about the CMMG conversion kit, I don't just mean like a dedicated twenty two AR running around. I mean the ability to be able to go from two two three five five six in a fourteen and a half inch or sixteen inch platform down to a twenty two. So on everything you said, agreed. Yep. And that's why I want to bring in that one. But so for my next one, it would have to be kind of like what you're talking about. Um, I would say a Mossberg 500 shotgun. Um, let's can't kill them. Yeah, classic you, man. No, you can't. I've got, I don't know, three or four of them. And my oldest, most beat up one is the best running one I have. I mean, you can air rack that thing. It's so loose. Is it one of the old crown grade gun? It's one of the old, um, it's, it's the Mossberg Deluxe. It's the Mossberg 500 Deluxe. It's, um, wood grain, but it's got a polished, um, uh, bolt in it. That's a crown grade gun. I got it for a hundred dollars at the pawn shop. Wow. Those are cool, man. One hundred, one zero zero. Did real good on that one. Um, but I, so the um, <clears throat> there's the one that comes with uh, an extended tube, and it's the eight plus one capacity Mossberg 500 yeah. with the barrel cooler on top. It's very very common. Um, that was the first shotgun that I ever bought with my own money. Um, I have two of them that are almost identical to this day, and I would say that that would that would have to be that number for me for sure. Excellent choice. Yes. The nice thing about a pump action compared to my FN SLP, to be fair, and just to compare and contrast, is that pump actions, you can, you know, they're not going to be nearly as ammo sensitive as a semi. Mm -hmm. And you can throw a wide variety of different less and lethal loads down anything you want. You can candy cane it up, you know, add, you know, the kitchen sink or bolo rounds or dragon's breath or any type of random thing uh, you want to put through it. I mean, it just gives you this universal sewer pipe to throw things down, which Pretty is kind of cool. And that's one of the nice things about a pump is that you can just throw whatever the heck you want into it. And that probably puts it as being a little bit more practical than my choice, whereby my choice, if I break apart 
Uh, there's a lot of things that can go wrong on a semi-auto that mm-hmm. are tiny little things that can keep it from working in the long term, whereby a pump gun, um, the only reason that more pump guns break is because they're more common and more people use them and they get used more they often. They get abused. But there are, there are some tiny issues that pump action shotguns can have in time. Uh, on that, that particular gun, the extractor springs can wear out with enough use. Uh, which is not that big of a deal. Um, the safety detents on Mossbergs are kind of bad about going out over time, and you know they can fall out from time to time. But you know if you get one of the 500s that's got the uh, you know hardened alloy trigger guard assembly, some of the cheaper Mossbergs or like the Maverick 88s that have the polymer guards, uh, they can break with a bit of jostling, not very much jostling. You'd be pretty surprised. But I do love Mossberg shotguns. I feel like they represent a fantastic value. They're rugged. They're reliable. And generally, with a bit of care and attention, they'll last a pretty dang long time. I've beat mine up pretty pretty well. And the, one of the ones that I'm talking about, I've had it since I was, I mean, literally 18 years old. I bought it you know, right, probably on my 18th birthday or within a few days of. Yeah. I still have it. It's on my wall yeah, at home. I beat the ever-loving crap out of that gun. So, yeah, and man. it handles it. So. Great choice. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to choose the SCAR 17. Oof. All right, I got, I got, <laughs> I got a Scar 17, and you know, I've got my my suppressor on there. I've got a Elcan DR Spectre on mine. Um, I believe that's a one, it was a one and a half to eight power optic with the little prism like magnifier. You just flip it back and forth, so it's instant one and a half or instant eight, Six. which is cool. It's got yeah. the BC, uh, the BDC reticle in there for M80 ball, which is really handy. And um, it's not a very busy reticle, which I do like on the Elcan. Yeah. Um, I like my SCAR. It's one of the most accurate 308s I own. Um, I had a pair of Remington 700 uh, Factory 5Rs that I bought from Lipsy's back in the day. And uh, they were great guns, but both of them being in 308, I did have both those uh, bolt actions rebarreled to 6.5 Creedmoor. Uh, the folks at Helix 6 Precision uh, did a great job rebarreling my Remington 700s. I decided to rebarrel both of those 6.5 Creedmoor and leave my SCAR 17 in 308 just because it's such a great platform. It's so accurate. It's such a great rifle. You know, you get that hard-hitting power of the 30 cal. Um, that particular gun can double as a hunting rifle, and I can take a wide variety of different game with my SCAR if I need to. And then, obviously, if I need to stretch the legs on 5.56 five, and have a little more standoff distance in a semi-auto-loading lo- auto platform, it gives me the ability to transport the gun very easily because it's lightweight and everything like that. It's very accurate, even despite having a, a lighter barrel and everything like that. Um, it'll stabilize a wide variety of different projectiles. The guns are fantastic, and uh, I know a lot of people don't like the SCAR-16 as much uh, because of some of the barrel whip issues. Uh, Brandy has a SCAR, uh, SCAR-16S. She likes it. But I think out of, I've have a 20S, the 16S of Brandy's, and a 17, and I think the 17's my favorite SCAR. Uh, now, short of like running the, I think they have a 12 and a half inch barrel for the scar heavy. I've never shot the short barrel version, but I think that would be cool to have. Although I, I wouldn't want to lose the velocity. I no. feel like the M80 really needs that, yeah. you know, decent velocity. Yeah. But, um, they're, they're great guns and I know people talk smack about them, but the scar 17 is a fantastic rifle and that'd be on my list for sure. I mean, you almost Fair. have to have that extra barrel or run a can. Otherwise yep. you're going to have so much flash come out of the front of that barrel that it's almost pointless to use it. It's like dragon's yeah, breath. Yeah, dragon's breath just yeah. coming out of the front yeah. of that thing, yeah. man. Um, right. you know, I think that was a wise decision keeping that, uh, as a seven, as a 30 cal and not 
rebarreled? Because I know you mentioned you were going to send it off to get rebarreled. And part of me was like, mm, I just, I mean, it runs so good right now. And it, it does everything that you want it to do in its current configuration. Well, I'm still going to have the 20S rebarreled to 6.5. Right. But the, the, the 17. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean. No way. I'm leaving that <clears> thing alone. Because we, you know, our, you know, Tim has had quite a few issues um, with his in 6.5. And I was just like, every time I saw that and then I saw you, I was like, oh. Well, there's uh, a group of guys that are doing rebarreling services on the scars and everything. You have to send your gun in and have it rebarreled by their uh, gunsmiths there. I've been reaching out to him. I haven't heard anything back from him, but I was inquiring about if their barrels being aftermarket barrels for the SCAR 20S, if they were experiencing the same type of issues that Tim was having with mm-hmm. the factory um, 6.5 Creedmoor 20Ss blowing primers, if that's a widespread pro- problem that everybody's um, you know having, or if it's just an extremely isolated incident. To be fair, Tim breaks everything he touches. So oh, yeah. It's no surprise <laughs> it that he's having way. issues. Yeah. It's like we're all wondering, like, looking at the freak show, thinking, like, all right, what's the issue that Tim is going to have with the gun now? And I swear, <laughs> it's not by design. The guy just, you know, he breaks everything he touches, it seems yeah. like. It's just the Marine Corps in him. Like, I don't know. Maybe they need to send him one that's been Cerakoted in, like, Crayola red or something. <laughs> oh, or, or, I mean, or maybe, like, they need to send a roll of duct tape with every rifle they send him. I, I don't know. I have no idea. But, but... I, I, Some people I'm going to have stuff. a chat with Tim about that. And, and eventually, I guess the guys have just been busy, but I'd like to know if the aftermarket barrels that you're putting in these uh, 20Ss also exhibit the same primer blowing uh, phenomenon that the factory 6.5s are doing. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I don't know. Well, to stay on the theme of 30 cal, I have this obsession. And this is number five. This is number five. I have this obsession with DSA arms. Like SA fifty eight, going man. with the granddaddy of the scars. You don't understand. Like, I haven't committed to buying one, but I'm going to eventually. And it's just. Have you ever seen that that Rhino poaching model they have? No, the the one that they send the the South American Jews. Yeah. Oh the, yes, 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 yes. The, yeah. It looks oh. like the old school one. Yeah. Is that the one you talk? Yeah, man. It's such a cool rifle, man. It's like that. It's like a. It almost reminds me of like a Brownells retro reissue, yeah. but it's like the original like FAL. Yeah. Um, Some anti poaching team that uses those guns when they're out on patrol yeah. and stuff. And you know, I cool. I love this gun. I love what it's. I, I love the fact that like it's stood the test of time, and nobody is going to say that's the most accurate gun. And and the weird thing is it's okay because people accept it. They understand it for what it is. It's an FAL, the right hand of the free world. It's true. You know, and it's battle proven. It has it comes from the factory with an adjustable gas block. I mean, you can you can adjust it yourself depending on what ammo you're running, if you're running it suppressed, um, you know. If you get if you haven't cleaned it and you need more pressure, you can you can do that. It's just an all around like if you when you think of the quintessential battle rifle, that's what it is. And then you can get it in different configurations. You can get it in a para model. You can get it in a long boy where you can reach out and touch somebody. Um, the SA fifty eight is basically their modernized version, so it has all the the pick rail and all that good stuff on it. I mean, it's one of my favorite battle rifles. And if, if I was going to have a top five, that most definitely would be in it. They're solid guns, man. Oh, yeah. And it's a type of rifle that you can you can bash something with and exactly. like really be rugged with it. And you don't have to worry about hurting it because it ain't a toy. I yeah. mean, it's like a, you know, 
This ain't no little kids. Guy. Yeah. And yeah. if you're out of ammo, you can always you beat someone to death with yeah. it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you can use it like yeah. a sledgehammer because it, it definitely is meant to be used. And I mean, it's a minute of man gun. No one, it's not, it's not, you know, a sub minute gun. No one's claiming yeah, for it. It, it ain't hiding it either. All it's you, just that's yep, what it does. All you need to do is be able to reach out and touch somebody and, and do it well and reliably. All right. Number five, JC. Number five, which is like really like my number one, if I could actually have one and actually get my hands on one, would be a Bulgarian Sam 7 AK-47. An yeah. AK man, I see. Yeah, for sure. Um, that should have actually been my first choice, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like to be honest. But if the reliability of them, um, what you get for your money as far as AK builds just in general, that would that would have to be it. Right on. And man. as as a huge as a big AK fan, I don't I don't post AK stuff enough or do enough AK stuff to show as much of a fan of them as I am. I have like six of them, and I hardly ever do anything with them other than shoot them and not record it just for fun. Um, if if I if I could trade all of them in for one, that would be the one that I would take for sure. Nice man. For to sure be choice. honest, AKs. You know, if we're really being truthful, I mean, AKs aren't cheap, man. A no. good quality AK is going to cost some money, and compared to like a decent AR, when you get into like similar money, it, you start to get a bit of a series of diminishing returns. Because yeah. I mean, like eight eight hundred or a thousand bucks will buy one heck of an AR for that type of money, especially at the entry level type price point. Yeah. But when you're getting into some of the, it's like the arsenals. You're talking I mean, eighteen, nineteen hundred bucks, yeah, and you're talking double the money. And you get into some Zastavas. Mm. Okay, so that was what I was about to say. My Zastava, I've got a, um, a ZPAP. Um, and that is one of my absolutes, the cherry wood. Um, I've seen it. Oh, dude, I love that gun so much. Now that is one that I put right up there with it. I mean, it, it you, you it's can't a sweet beat gun, it man. with a stick, man. <laughs> like it, you're not, you're not going to miss with it unless you're just absolutely incapable of shooting. The M70 is a and sweet, it's a sweet gun, too. man. Yeah. You can they totally really use nice. it and just, <laughs> they're very rugged, like goes <laughs> yep. into everything that we were saying earlier with super ruggedness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You could use it as a bludgeon if you needed to, you know, secondary, you know, yeah. yeah. You run out of ammo. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Well, I hate to tell people, but an AK is not in my top five. Uh, (laughs) Look, I do love the AK-74. We're going to talk about that last, though. You're a man of taste. So number number five, Barrett M107A1. (laughs) I'm not giving up my Barrett, dang it. No, it's right there in the corner. Yeah, it's right there. That that, that girl can just hang out right over there all she wants. (laughs) But but look, that's the thing. I love the Barrett M107. I think it's a fantastic gun. And there's a lot of rifles that are more accurate um, there's plenty of options out there that, that can probably do a better job at longer range and everything, but fewer have the firepower of the Barrett. And I mean, nope. for an out-of-the-box mm. rifle that you can put an optic on and take to the range in zero and have fun and shoot, it's probably the most bang for the buck you're going to get uh, for an average person just walking into an average gun store. Well, an average gun store wouldn't have an M107 around, but but some of them do, right? Like uh, down here in South Georgia, when we're passing through to the farm to go hunting and stuff, you know, we'll pass through, uh, by Barrow's Automotive down there. And big shout out to Bo Barrow and the family down there. They're really cool people. And he's always got a Barrett floating around in that place, man. And That's you walk hilarious. in, it's like there's a 50 cal on the counter. How can you not like want to play with one? In a but, Napa store. Yeah. In a <laughs> Napa store. Oh. <laughs> I've, I've had That's my great. Barrett in 107 America. Now. I've had my 107 probably seven years. Mm-hmm. I love it. 
It's such a great piece of gear. I, I went up to Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I visited uh, the Barrett store there. They got like a little gun shop where they sell obviously all, all of their guns as well as other, other firearms. I got a little, you know, gun shop right there by the factory. And I bought some spare magazines from Chris Barrett. He was there and oh, he rang me cool. up. I thought that was cool. So I got that me some extra, cool. got me some extra magazines for my, uh, for my Barrett M107. And Chris was there. It, it was cool. You know, they're all nice people. I, I love Ronnie Barrett. I love the Ron, the Barrett family. They're awesome people. And uh, they make one heck of a gun. I really love the 107. It's a lot of firepower. In case you don't know, 50 caliber, semi-automatic. I mean, yep. it, it's it's an awesome <clears throat> piece of gear. And I could never imagine not owning a Barrett M107. It's like one of my favorite rifles. I mean, it's just such... It's large and in charge, well, baby. Shooting it was so much fun. That exact one that's over there in the corner, that exact one, I had so much fun shooting. So, yeah. yes, well, yeah. just coming from... Just coming from, say, like a utility aspect, you have so many different choices of rounds that are utilitarian. I mean, you have straight ball rounds, you have A-pit rounds, you have API rounds, you have Ralphus rounds, you have, you know, all, there's one that has like a, a HE in the front tip. I mean, they'll like penetrate and then like, I mean, all kinds of stuff. That's the Ralphus. The, the Ralphus okay, yeah, rounds Ralphus. have RDX in them. Yeah. They, um, mm. those are loaded <laughs> by, if I'm not mistaken, I think those are loaded by Bofors. Mm. They actually make that, that Ralphus ammunition for the U.S. Mm. military. You got slaps, the infamous slaps that, <sighs> you know, I mean, all kinds of cool I've stuff, but do. that's because that round is so big. You have enough real estate to put all of this cool stuff in. Now you can't. You just can't do that with smaller rounds. There's not enough real estate to do. I it. mean, 50 cal may not be practical for a lot of uh, oh, it's situations, <laughs> but it will solve any situation. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. So, like, if you just need it to stop whatever it's doing, no matter what it is, it will do that job quite well. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're slinging a mini torpedo out of that. You really thing. are every man. time. <laughs> you like, really are single wide trailer coming out of the barrel. <laughs> all right, so now we're going to get into the wild card. So. This is t- you, this is basically just a wild card slot. You get to pick a number six, and yep. we always throw a six gun in here. And I would I would say this one can be something. It can be anything you want. Oh, I know, I know what, what mine is. is. But Me you too. go ahead and get us started. So, what's your wild card? Man? All right. So, like all my guns have been kind of like intermediate to close up. Like you know, that's that's where you're doing the work. This one is probably the most well known ultra ELR. Rifle, Shytac, yes, intervention. That's right, M two hundred. That four hundred eight Shytac will put in the work at like two miles away, man. That thing is transonic at a mile. I mean, it's still it's still hauling butt. Ooh, that's impressive. And, it's a sweet rifle. And if you do your part, is probably the most accurate rifle you're gonna find at range. Okay. I mean, it's like probably 16 right now probably like 16 dollars a shot or something like that because it's milled from one single piece Ooh, it's just like that 408 Ooh. is transonic i think like 2800 yards it's like a, it's, yeah. it, it's yeah. ridiculous right. still breaking the sound barrier at yep. well over 25 2800 yards yep i mean it's, oh. nothing, it's pretty crazy it's nothing for that thing to reach out and touch somebody at a mile and a half man just boop easily <laughs> two miles yeah me like it, it's such a f- crazy rifle you know, in Desert Tech Golly. with their HTI bullpup, mm-hmm. uh, which has always traditionally been a 50 BMG, I believe they do a 408 Shytac barrel for that bullpup as well. So there's yeah. an option 
to have a bullpup. Now, I, I don't know how accurate the desert techs are compared to the actual Shytac Intervision because I, I can't imagine their rifle not being the best platform for launching that cartridge since it's their it's cartridge. their cartridge, And yeah. it's their baby. And with all the military contracts for the Intervention, uh, there's certainly been a lot of those used in, in various theaters. So that's a great choice, man. Yeah. And you guys... 408 is a monster round. And man. they have a smaller round, too. I mean, for those that don't want to step up to the 408, I think it's a 375. Yeah. Um, Which is, is still a steamer. It's still going to... I mean, it's no slouch by any means. Uh, but right. if you guys aren't familiar with it, go check out the movie Shooter. The infamous... Uh, God, what's his name? Something. Not the movie. They call him something. The Shooter. Whatever. Go watch the movie, Shooter. You'll see it. Or, or Swagger, I think was his name. Bob, Bob Swagger. Bobbly Swagger. my tongue, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you can order that from Shytac. One day like, I'm going to be the old man and they're like, well, you know. No, that dude would crack me up, man. <laughs> let me tell you about JFK. <laughs> well, let me just talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, if you if you call Shytac, you can order. It's called the, it's called the Bob Lee Swagger intervention and they'll give For you the, real? yeah they'll give you the same one paint scheme like camo everything it man. can be yours yes for the oh low price gosh. of like I, a I bajillion dollars <laughs> yeah of a mortgage on your house they're probably 20 grand <laughs> yeah easily or more. with the optic but they're nice <laughs> well, I mean, you won't find a finer rifle that'll do anything yep. you want it to do it'll that, any shot you want it'll make it and that was my wild card and well, what a wild, a wild yep, card buddy. what a wild card it was what's your wild card jc my wild card be the Ma Deuce. Oh, that's another. You're good gonna one up me. <laughs> a mounted 50 caliber machine gun. If I could have anything, anything out there, um, and that's the one thing that I'm still jealous of you on at the first range day that I ever attended. You went over there and just and then I'm like over here like scratching my head, like man, I didn't even get to shoot that thing yet. And now nobody's gonna get to shoot it again for the whole time, and that's exactly. Don't what mind happened. if I do. So no, I, I didn't like, get I to mean, shoot, so I still have not shot one. So, sorry. so anybody out there that's ever at a range day, you know, that's got a you know mountable Ma Deuce, you know, bring one out. They got one at Moss. I, now, they didn't actually. tell me to stop. I mean, there was a belt attached to that gun, and nobody gave me the signal to stop, so we just let it rip. <laughs> I don't know if they got his, but they have one over there. That moss now, son. They've got uh, one of the smaller ones and the big, big one. Oof. You don't play around with the Maudus, man. No, sir. No. One thing that the Maudus does not take prisoners. <laughs> no, uh, that, that no. gun is so. A since we're being ridiculous, that's my ridiculous one. Yeah. I like it. All right. Yeah. So for my number six, I I'm torn between two. So I'm going to mention both of them <laughs> just as honorable mentions because we do <laughs> we do have a, a short time here at the end that we'll have some honorable mentions that couldn't make it into the list uh, just so we can clear those up and everything. Um, one, so I love black powder. I can't imagine not having a black powder rifle in the lineup. I have to have at least one black powder rifle, even if I could only have five or six, right? In this case, in okay. this fantasy case, my Norwegian Kamalotter. I knew it. I was going to say yeah. Kamalotter. I, I love my Norwegian Kamalotter. You know, Mark Novak over there at Anvil Gunsmithing did a wonderful job of restoring that particular gun. And Beautiful. if anybody needs work on their antique and vintage firearms, you will not find someone who's more well qualified to work on them than Mark Novak. So check him out at Anvil Gunsmithing. But be prepared to all wait. All that beside. Be prepared to wait. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I, I love my Kamalotter. And then mm-hmm. my other choice, if I was torn between the two, would be an air rifle, believe it or not. Yeah, okay. I like it. Yeah, I like yeah, the Air no, Force Texan. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Air Force Texan. I like big bore air rifles. You know, they have, so they have their 50 caliber Texan. Yeah. Um, man, I don't know. It, I'd be torn between a black powder rifle and an air rifle as my wild card. Okay. I mean, preferably both. 
it but, makes the, the well, air yeah. from a sustainability a point of view the air rifle definitely makes more sense because you have your uh scuba tank refiller yeah. uh-huh. and you basically can just keep refilling your tank you can make your own black powder and, too yeah so, i mean there's that you, option but you can cast your own uh your own ammunition for, for the, both yeah for, for both. both but yeah. then that scuba tank you just fill it boom take it out and you need more you just fill it back up i like it i like it man. the cool That's thing about the texan is as the ss model i have is an integral suppressed texan which yeah. is cool so 50 caliber round you know big mm-hmm. hunking piece of lead it's integral suppressed so that i can do all types of things from marksmanship training to shooting for fun to recreation as well as hunting i mean it, it will kill big games so you're talking an air rifle that can shoot you know, I I I'd take a black bear with one no problem. It's still would not hesitate to shoot a black yeah. bear with my Texan. I mean, it, people hear air rifle and they don't realize you're still slinging a fifty caliber round downrange. Now it might not be moving at the same speed. It's still transonic though. I mean, it's still it's still hauling and it's quiet. I've been there. We were down at the farm and you were like test firing at the D28 and you, yeah, it was like a 50 cal round that was like, you couldn't even hear it. It's like, I mean, you could hear, let's be honest, you could hear it, but it wasn't like. It's heavy and slow, but it smacks with a lot of energy. So Mm -hmm. if you have a real heavy projectile, you don't have to get it moving really fast for it to have a, a ton of energy. So that's how you can get away with a 500 grain bullet only moving maybe a thousand feet per second, 900 feet per second. It doesn't have to be moving fast because that energy translation now, where it does get interesting is where you start getting something really heavy moving really fast. Now you're talking. <laughs> or if you get something that's really light moving ultra wicked dumb fast, that's where you shoot through body armor and uh-huh. shoot through structures. That's where you get into the so, five sevens and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, so it just all comes down to uh, intended purpose and use. I mean, my choices were very well rounded that could still allow me to fulfill a wide variety of different purposes and tasks. With the uh, shotgun, uh, the the rifles and pistols and shotguns that I chose, I would actually venture to say that I would almost trade in my FNSLP for either the Mossy, uh, like a 590A1, or uh, a good um, Marine Magnum 870 or something. Because the pump action is probably a more it. yeah. Now that I think about it, it's probably a more practical gun. So mm-hmm. that's one area I might have changed my mind even over the course of this uh, podcast. Was just your choice. Really, a pump gun would be more practical than a semi. Although I will say I do love my FNSLP. So after uh, hindsight of all of this, have you changed your mind on anything or you feel pretty solid about your choices? I'm pretty solid. I mean, I, I should have included a shotgun, but I think the, with what I chose, I can pretty much fulfill the same. You can, you can find a shotgun. Oh yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. A handgun can do what a shotgun. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, you could probably reach out and touch somebody more with like a 357 Magnum than you could say a 12 gauge double out buck. Now, does it have the same effect when it hits somebody? Probably not, but... You ain't got that Bernicke black <laughs> yeah, magic. I don't got that, that black magic. Bear, <laughs> bear slug, boy. Bears on the box. <laughs> I mean, does your three fifty seven Magnum ammo have a bear on the box, Matt? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Nope. <laughs> but it's got a mouse on the box. Yep. And it's got, it's got a, a chameleon paint job on it. Looks cool. <laughs> that. <laughs> it's true, man. So what about you? Would you change anything? No. In retrospect? No. No, I wouldn't. Um, other than maybe any honorable mentions, a crossbow, a solid mm, crossbow. There yeah. you go, or, or any type of bow. Period. Yeah, you could do the uh, the air bow. Yeah. yeah, FX has their crown arrow launcher. We just got off of a uh, long shoot um, down in South Georgia, and we were like sneaking up on hogs with thermals at like thirty, forty yards away, 
and okay. shooting with this. Well, the crossbow this, we're getting more bow. into um, apocalyptic territory, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we're talking about top five. We I was leaning more towards like top five that I would want for survival. This whole conversation. But at the same time, I was trying to remind myself, like, just top five that I prefer and like. Because I kind of went into it with the survival aspect. I, I mean, was thinking about that because I think it's hard to ask a gun owner what five guns you want without us automatically thinking, well, the only way that I'm only going to have five guns is if it's survival type situation. Yeah, that's true. That's kinda, I, I did kind of default to that. Yeah, I was like, that is. Ugh. It's like, well, if I have to choose five that I can carry... You know, that's a great point because I, I feel like I kind of um, went into the same type of uh, instinct for me as well. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. It's just well, natural. Yeah. What what firearms are gonna, am I going to be able to use if I can only have five? Well, you can utilize the You best. have to choose stuff that's useful. Yes. You mm-hmm. can't just have some novelty gun that doesn't serve a purpose. You can't no. have sure a gun that's not practical. Sure you can. Right. Right. But – but you have to kind of be smart about what you're dealing with in terms of what you're going to choose because if you can only have five, they got to be five that are going to be what you need. Yeah, I mean, I said my needs. Gucci Glock, which is super yeah. fancy, but, but I mean, I know it's effective. But I'm pretty but sure it's practical. I'm pretty like sure it, that it actually works. is very practical. I'm pretty sure that's going to outperform the Chiapa. It would. Right yeah, it would. <laughs> For sure. It would in a heartbeat. For sure. For sure. I just like it. I, li- I like what They're I like. And you can't, you can't. I regret not buying mind. the exact one that you're talking about. Oh, trust me, me too. All right, I'll tell you what. You guys go in the comment section down below. And you give me a list, okay, of your your, top, your five. top five favorites, if you can only have five, and go ahead and choose a wild card, and give me a brief description of why you chose what you chose, all right? And what we'll do later, uh, give us a few months for this uh, post to sort of marinate a little bit, if you will. Give it some time, and we'll do a revisit, and we'll talk about your top five, and we're going to critique your list in a future uh, you know, podcast. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, go over to Ballistic Inc. and pick yourself up a snazzy new t-shirt. That's one way you can support our efforts That's and right. help us out here with LLP. I hope everyone has a great week. And this has been an awesome conversation. Believe me, th- this conversation could easily go 30 more minutes. Easily, yeah, or, or <laughs> we, hours. Right, we can talk know. about this all day. You get on this subject matter, it, it can go down the rabbit hole. But I hope that this provided <laughs> a, a, a kind of a glimpse into what gun people choose in terms of, of their favorite choices. So keep that in mind. Maybe some of you are, you know, thinking of some cool stuff to pick up yourself for whatever reason. So uh, those are our top five. If we can only have five, now we know we can have way more than five. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Uh, quite clearly, but uh, yeah. It's still an interesting talking point because it kind of forces you into a corner of, of going, all right, well, what would be my practical choice? I, th- I think we all have some pretty good choices. Well, I mean, you get to see a little bit of your personality in it as well. That's right. Know? Yeah. I hope everybody has a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Many more on the way. Make sure you uh, go over to all the various podcast servers, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, <laughs> Spotify, everything where, where we're posted, and leave us a good comment so we show up higher in the algorithm. If you're uh, following us here on YouTube, make sure that you click that notification bell, click subscribe, make sure you get all of our content. So thanks very much. Many more on the way. We'll see you soon. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Take it easy, folks. Thanks for listening to Life, Liberty, and Pursuit. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are found. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate that. You can support us over on Ballistic Inc. by picking yourself up some merch. And remember, guys, dangerous freedom. Have a good one.